You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome once again to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry. I've got a great interview for you this week, but before I get into that, let's talk about our sponsors. This week's episode is sponsored by Infer, an early stage startup building machine learning applications to help companies win more customers. Now they're passionate about a lot of things at Infer. Uh, Good coffee is one of them, collaboration, effective design are others. And right now they're looking for front end developers, full stack engineers, and data scientists to join up with them. If you're interested, visit their careers page at infer.com forward slash careers to learn more. Funding for Revision Path comes from MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is an online email marketing solution for entrepreneurs and small businesses to manage contacts, send emails, and track your results. They send over 10 billion emails each month, which is a lot, so they can definitely handle your email marketing needs. Sign up today for a free account at MailChimp.com. Hover simplifies domain management like no other company I've seen. They have hundreds of top-level domains to choose from, and you can add email to any of your domains simply and easily. Now, let's say you have a bunch of domains over at another company. Well, you can transfer those over to Hover, keep the time that's left on your domain registration, and get an extra year added on, which is pretty cool. Purchase a domain today and use the promo code RESOLUTION and save 10% off your first purchase. Creative Market sells graphics, fonts, themes, photos, and a whole lot more starting at only $2. Now today's Monday and they give away a selection of free goods every Monday and they've also got great bundle promotions every single month. They're just wrapping up their January Big Bundle which has like some great fonts and themes and things like that. So head over to creativemarket.com, check them out. Now you might remember back in July of last year when I had a few presentations up for vote for South by Southwest. Well, one of those presentations where the black designers was chosen for this year's event, but I need your help to really make it a reality. I've got a link in the show notes to my GoFundMe campaign. With your donations, I can make it out to Austin for South by Southwest, even do some interviews while I'm out there. I think it'll be really awesome. I've met about 25% of my goal right now. Thanks so much to everyone who has donated. But the sooner I hit my goal, the better, because you know, plane tickets are gonna get more expensive coming up to March. Lodging is already super scarce. Again, if you can donate, please check out the link in the show notes. I really, really appreciate it. And one last thing, Revision Path is excited to partner with Lesbians Who Tech for the 2015 Lesbians Who Tech Summit in San Francisco. Save 25% off registration with the code LWTREVPATH. Uh, You'll find the link to that in the show notes as well. All right, let's get on with this week's interview. When I asked illustrator and graphic designer Brittany Holloway Brown how she overcame doubt and fear to discover her unique artistic style, here's what she had to say. It took me four years, unfortunately, but just realizing that my feelings and my thoughts are valid. They're just as valid as anybody else's. And what I want to do, people will respond to that. They will. And I've been seeing it since I've been posting my work online. This is Revision Path. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Brittany Holloway Brown, and I'm a graphic designer by day and an illustrator by night. I work in Manhattan as a graphic designer at a home decor company, and I work on my art 
after work. I graduated from the Maryland Institute College of Art in 2011 with a BFA in illustration. So right now I'm just, you know, trying to make a name for myself, make work, get exposure. How was your time at the Maryland Institute College of Art? It was great, really. Micah, that's what we call it, so we don't have to, like, say the whole name every Mm -hmm. time. It's a really good school, and I was surrounded by really great artists, and it kind of pushed me to be a better artist. It's funny because uh, I only really nailed my style in my senior year at school. I think for a long time I struggled with I guess, trying to be something I wasn't. And it wasn't until senior year that I really captured, like I really found my voice. What sort of, I guess, made you come to that process? It's funny. I had been trying all of these different techniques, like colored pencils, digital pen and ink, and none of it really clicked for me. Like my work felt really stiff and not very me. But it wasn't until my senior thesis, first semester, I picked up watercolors Mm -hmm. first time. And everything, it just kind of like the doors opened up and things made sense and I was making work that I was proud of and that other people responded to. So I guess it was just like by chance that I happened to pick up watercolors. That's really interesting. I've always kind of wanted to know how it is artists sort of fall into whatever their signature style is. Like for some people, maybe it's organic and then for others, they just sort of find it through. It's like an evolution, you know, the process, how it goes. Exactly. So the work that you're doing, I say you work at a, a home decor place. Is, what's the kind of work that you're doing there? I'm doing graph, well, graphic design and like production. I'm a production artist, essentially. Just okay. making sure the site runs the way it's supposed to. The look and feel of the site. I'm on a design team there. So more like marketing campaigns, how the main page looks, essentially. And does your style work with, I guess, the, the style of the company? Does it vibe well? It is like a completely different way of working because, you know, it's, it's web design, essentially. But okay. um, I guess it is, like our styles are kind of the same. I've been doing illustration work for them as well. So that's great because my illustration style does kind of fit within the brand. So I've okay. been doing some things for this on the side for them as well. That sounds cool. That sounds pretty cool. So with your illustration work, a lot of it, from what I've seen from doing my research, really centers around women and it centers around these sort of positive depictions of women. And of course, you're a woman. Yeah. So that, that, <laughs> so that makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't want to do something that is, is contrary to that. But where do you get your encouragement from when it comes to creating these images? Mm, I enjoy being a black woman. So I guess that's why I make positive images of black women and just femininity in general. I really enjoy being a woman and watercolors are very, they can be very bright and fun. And I think I'm drawn to that. Just like really encouraging positive messages, like I said. And one of the the series of images that you did was called Dark Girls. Tell me about that. So I love makeup and beauty and fashion and all of that. And I really wanted to make a series of face charts that cosmetic brands often use when they're debuting looks at runway shows. And I thought it would be interesting to just do a series of face charts with women of color, like different shades of brown, just because I think representation matters a lot. Just seeing positive images of people who look like you is really important to, I think, your development as you're growing up. And we've we've seen that. So it was just... It was like combining 
something I really wanted to do. I love makeup and just things I had been thinking about in terms of race, I think. And with that work, it's been featured on a lot of different sites as well. Yeah, it first got picked up by BuzzFeed. They just emailed me. I think they had seen my work on Tumblr. And they emailed me and they were like, we, we would love to interview you. So that happened. And it got picked up by like Design Taxi, a couple other sites. I'm not sure how far the reach was, but that was a huge, it was a huge help, I think, for exposing my work. I was going to ask, how has that helped with exposure? Have you gotten more work through that, like through BuzzFeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people have reached out to me and said, I've been, I think I've been getting a lot of freelance work off of just people seeing my work around the web. So that's been super helpful. Yeah, I remember this piece that you did for, it was a BuzzFeed piece about Karen Washington. Oh, uh, yes, yes. I, I think that was the first place that I saw your work that was like, wow, this is really powerful. I'm glad you think so. Thank you. Who are, are some of your other clients? Have, have Has most of the work you found been just kind of through exposure like this? Yeah, I, I think so. Nobody, it's more like freelance stuff through smaller clients for now. But I am like targeting larger companies as well. What advice would you give to someone that's kind of just starting out with illustration? I would definitely say look at everything. Don't get pigeonholed into looking at one type of art or listening to one type of music. I think you can find inspiration in all things. Like my work is very, like I said, <laughs> bright and colorful, but I do enjoy like darker, not darker things, but like I enjoy sculpture. I enjoy painting. Just it's important to absorb as much as you can so that it can inform your work. What's the most important thing that you've learned from your work? Being true to yourself, essentially, for the long, like I said earlier, in school, I was trying to make work to please my professors and make work that I thought would sell, essentially. And that's really not the like, that's not expressing myself at all. So I just learned to really trust my inner voice through just, you know, learning and just making things. Tell me, what's a, a typical day like for you? Because it sounds like you do the illustration work sort of more on the side. Is that yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I work nine to five and I come home and make dinner. <laughs> and then I like sit down and I might have a couple projects in the back of my head and I'll either sketch something out or I'll do some really quick watercolor paintings just uh, to like get the ideas flowing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is more on the side, like when I get home after work. <laughs> Has it been hard trying to balance those two, like balancing a nine to five with sort of this more creative expression? Yeah, it is very hard, but because I've been at my job for about three years now, I believe. Okay. So for the first year and a half, it was very stressful, especially coming home and I'm because it is a creative job I have, mm-hmm. even though it is corporate. So after being creative for eight hours, it's hard coming home and devoting more of my creative bandwidth to like my own things but it's super important still I do try to draw on the weekends as well what's been instrumental in helping you achieve that balance Mm, just the fact that I have to do it you know what I mean like people have been tired before me I'm not the (laughs) person to have a nine-to-five and freelance on the side so it's just a matter of if this is really what I want to do then I need to just do it 
One thing that you said earlier about the work that you do as it regards to representation is that it's really important for young people to kind of see these types of images so they know that this is something that that they can become. What is your sort of opinion on this type of diversity as it relates to illustration and design and the work that you do? In terms of? Representation in the industry. I'm not sure, really. There is. I've been like make. I've like been building a community of Black women graphic designers and illustrators online. So it's really okay. great to see. And they are out there, of course. Micah was great, but Micah was also very white. As our institutions go by, I feel like it's still a hard thing. Not a hard thing, but I think diversity in the art world is still very hard to come by. I suppose. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for me to have a community online as well because we do exist. And I think the fact that I'm putting my work out there, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people who, you know, enjoy my work. So it might even like encourage them to do it sounds narcissistic, <laughs> but I remember reading some piece, I forget where exactly it was, but the the main gist of the article was that, oh, if you're a working artist and you're making money from your work, you're probably white. Uh And I don't know if that was more so about kind of the economics of the situation Uh or if it was because, like you said, there's just not that many that we see out there. They're there, you know, clearly they are, Uh but just not in those levels where, where we see them on a regular enough basis to know that these are people that exist in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. Who's offered you some of the most useful career advice and what was that advice? It's funny because, okay, my work is very impressionistic, I'd say, but I had, I got a note from a a professor I had during freshman year, and he told me, I still have the note, actually, it's like taped on my, near my workspace, Mm -hmm. and he told me that I have amazing ideas and that I go far, but I really have to think about the way I do things and craft like craft is very important in the way you make your work. And I am known to be very lazy. So I keep that pinned up to just, even if some things don't work out, like when I'm making them to not, you know, give up, I guess, just because it comes out. Like I need to start, do the best work I can essentially, and not try to do it sloppily and like put it out in the world, but really be proud of my ideas and my technique Mm-hmm. So I think that was super important for me to hear. And this this sort of community of, of Black artistic women that you mentioned, they also help as well, right? Oh, yeah, totally. It's like great to like see what they're looking at or what they're into. And it's just really encouraging. Now, you, you've described your personal style, like you said, as being very kind of happy and vibrant. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your artistic influences? I really love Marguerite Sauvage. She's a French fashion illustrator. I really enjoy Laura Harwood. I believe her name is. She's a British watercolor artist. But I also look at people like Micheline Thomas and Lorna Simpson as well. And they're not illustrators. They're fine artists. But the way they talk about Black femininity is also really interesting. Was creativity a really big part of your childhood? It was. I was always reading books. I've been reading books since I was very little. My mom taught me at a young age. So I was always surrounded by really great illustrative work in these books. And my mom was artistic, too. She was a poet when she was younger. So cultivating 
creativity was super important to her. What's the best idea that you've had? You know, it can be for illustration, let's say. What's the best idea that you've had that hasn't yet made it to fruition? I have a, I want to make a, um, like a little booklet about women musicians I admire, but that's still very much in like the planning stages. People like Karen O or like Etta James, things like that. Just like a really wide range of women I admire in music, but mm-hmm. still thinking about that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Would this be something that you do more so on the web or would this be like a print type of Yeah, of it book? would be a print thing. I really enjoy objects in real life, like the tactileness of it. So I definitely uh-huh. want it to be something you can hold. Have you had any mentors that have really helped you along the way? Not really artistic mentors. Not really, no. Why is that, do you think? Mm, I would love to have a mentor for sure. <laughs> but I guess I've never sought one out. It's more not in terms of artistic, but in terms of like life mentor. <laughs> like my family is the biggest one, my mom especially. How does she help you? How does she inspire you? The fact that she encouraged me to go to art school, especially, you know, that's so uncertain. Mm-hmm. But she was very much, she was all about me following my dreams. And I really appreciate that. Are you where you wanted to be kind of at this stage in your life? Yeah. Like surprising, not surprising, <laughs> but I am like when I was younger, I wished that I had like this New York lifestyle with my own place with like a job in the creative field. And essentially I am doing that right now. So it's, it's kind of amazing. Is there anything in particular that you're really excited about at the moment? At the moment, just continuing to, you know, learn and and grow in my my in my work, really. If you could choose, let's say, any space in the world to do an illustration for, create a design for, where would that place be, and what would you make? That's a great question. I think New Orleans, just because I don't know something about that city. I've never been there, but. I've heard it's very like eclectic and artistic and it has so much history. I'd love to do like tourism branding, if that makes sense. Like billboards or like print ads for New Orleans. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the next steps of uh, growth for your work? I think next steps is be definitely make more work. I've been churning out some things, which is good, but I think I can really buckle down and make a larger body of work that I'm proud of, more tangible things, I think. Like I, I've been making patterns. So I really want to bring those into real life, like onto scarves or onto blouses, things like that. I feel like New York is a great city for that because of the fashion. Industry. Oh, for sure. For sure. Where do you see yourself in the next, let's say five years from now? Five years, I would say in five years, God willing, <laughs> I'll be completely freelance by then and just working for myself and sustaining my livelihood from illustration work. Or, you know, I could even see myself as an art, an art director. If you weren't doing this, if you weren't, you know, being an illustrator, what do you think you would do? I can't imagine not doing art. So I'd probably just be like a graphic designer, essentially. I kind of, I'm thankful for my job. I kind of fell into it. But I'm learning a lot about it. So that's great. All right. Is there anything in particular that you regret not doing because of fear? Regret not doing. 
like a minor thing and it's kind of it kind of relates to my practice not not anything external but I feel like I guess I was mm, I don't know I, I think in school I was afraid to try new things sometimes and that kind of I think it like hindered my process or my growth a little bit I feel like I'm kind of starting behind a lot of my peers at school just because I don't know I think I was afraid of like I said failing or not making work that my professors wanted to see or like afraid of doing my own thing because I wanted the grade <laughs> I think mm-hmm. just really not a good way to go about making your art unfortunately how did you overcome that like it took me four years unfortunately but just realizing that my feelings and my thoughts are valid. They're just as valid as anybody else's. And what I want to do, people will respond to that. They will. And I've been seeing it since I've been posting my work online. Speaking of, of I guess, being online, talk to me a little bit about the importance of, of being online. Like the fact that a lot of your work has spread through online exposure. Oh, yeah, totally. Tumblr <laughs> is a great resource just, I started posting, I had a blog before, but Tumblr is a lot, the, the user interface is a lot easier to use and it's easy to share things, which I really appreciate. I think the internet is a great equalizer, I think. You can put your work on there and millions of people can see it and it's amazing and it's instantaneous. And just, I've gotten a lot of, you know, exposure from that, which is great. And Because if you're not online, essentially you don't exist to the world. But mm-hmm. I think things like social media are amazing. Instagram's perfect. Like Tumblr's a great resource. Just and Twitter, I've made a community of just like artists, and we talk and we you know we talk about issues and we share things, and it's just this big melting pot of like ideas and thoughts, and it, I think it's great. What's the last thing that you designed just for fun? I did. I started a new series and I started a million series, unfortunately. And I always like leave them off because like, <laughs> I always make another series. Mm-hmm. And then I like jump. I have so many ideas. I made a new series about lingerie, actually going back to like celebrating femininity, a lingerie series about like the lingerie sets you to wear in different locations. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. something that's cooking right now. What other kinds of projects are you working on these days? I'm really excited about hand lettering in design now. Mm. And how it's every, and I, I love how people on web are bringing in hand-done elements. So it's like this tactile, you know, layered approach to the web. But now I'm working on my, like, hand calligraphy, brush script. So I really enjoy it. And there's, like, a huge community online for that as well. But that's like something I'm very new at. Oh, yeah. I see a lot of that. Like, I feel like that's going to be or it's it's it was one of the big trends in 2014. It's definitely, I think, going to be one of the big trends in 2015. I see so much stuff around hand lettering courses and things like that. I think people are really going back to like when signs were hand painted. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's like a, a revitalization of that. I love it. It's great. Do you have any big plans for 2015? Not huge plans, but just working on my portfolio. I know I've been harping on that a lot. <laughs> but I Getting the portfolio yeah, together? Yeah, just like building on my portfolio and just making a lot of work. A lot of work. 
All right. Well, just to kind of wrap things up, where can our audience find you online? I have a website. My portfolio website is withlovefrombrittany.com. I'm on Instagram as Miss Holloway, M-I-S-S-H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y. I'm on Twitter as Brittany, but with no vowels, B-R-T-T-N-Y. Yeah, and that's it. I'm on Tumblr too, I'm sorry. BrittanyHollowayBrown.tumblr.com. All right, sounds good. Well, Brittany Holloway Brown, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day, for speaking with us. I think a lot of what you said as it relates to kind of creativity and finding that balance between you know, working nine to five and then doing your creative work on the side is really important for people to hear. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Super fun. Super flattering. Thank you. And that's it for this week's show. Big thanks to Brittany Holloway Brown and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Brittany's work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Big thanks again to Infer for sponsoring this week's episode. Don't forget to check out their careers page at infer.com forward slash careers. They are hiring, so check that out. And thanks again to our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is the premier email service provider choice for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Now, outside of this, MailChimp supports the creative community 100%. Conferences, events, even podcasts like this one. So help support a company that supports us. Check them out at MailChimp.com. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names, and they give you exactly what you need to get the job done. Every domain that you buy from Hover includes unlimited domain forwarding, no charge who is privacy, and a bunch of other services. Save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code RESOLUTION at checkout. And lastly, there's Creative Market, a marketplace that sells beautiful, ready-to-use design content from thousands of independent creators around the globe. Open up your own shop for free on Creative Market, and you can sell your designs, your photos, icons, themes, what have you. There's some great shops there already, so check them out, creativemarket.com. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre, with intro audio by Yellow Speaker. The outro audio, They See Me Growing, is courtesy of Jimmy Square. Make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Leave a rating and a review. It really helps get new listeners. It helps more people find out about Revision Path, which is something that even 60-plus episodes in, we still need it. Uh, Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and the website, then visit revisionpath.com forward slash donate. Let us know. Leave a tip in our tip jar, sponsor an upcoming episode, or join at the $5 fist bump level to show your ongoing support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.